But yeah, it's a really, really fascinating exercise. I think especially if you're finding yourself having a similar argument over and over and over, it can be really helpful to sit down figure out your choreography or your dominoes or kind of whatever it is that is the pattern of what tends to happen. And then once you have that information, then it's a starting point for being able to find some actionable steps to kind of disrupt that choreography or create new choreography. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're finally putting on a revival production of our hit musical, Five Ways to Suck Less at Communication. (laughs) This was originally a subject that we covered on episode 21, way, way back in the day. That's, That's not available for audiences over 200 episodes ago yeah that's true so since then we have learned more tools we've refined the ones that we covered back then and today we are excited to present the new and improved five ways to suck less at communication this seems to me like a really good starter episode um because we're not by any means saying that it's like follow these five steps and then you're going to be a communication (laughs) god um nor are we saying that all of these are going to work in your relationship or work for the style of communicator that you are. But this is a good like, episode to start with. Yeah, it's just like get a little survey of some tools. See what resonates with you. You know, with some of these, we've covered them more in depth on their own episodes. And so you can go check those out as well. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like just like a delightful cornucopia of things that can help your communication. Yeah. little yeah. toolbox yeah. time. You take what you like and leave the rest. uh Uh-huh, exactly. Um, Some of these work together quite well. Um, I will say that. Yeah. So... And and like we said, these are things that we've kind of like tested over time, mm -hmm. refined over time. Some things we covered last time, we're not covering this time. So we're kind of... This is the new and most (laughs) up-to-date five ways to suck less at communication. Okay. Uh, So maybe reason number one why you suck at communication. Um, You're not... (laughs) meta communicating okay Mm. so maybe this sounds silly to some of you or it may make perfect sense to others but i think that one of the major keys to bettering your communication is learning how to communicate about the way you communicate okay whoa meta that's communication very meta yes exactly so there are many different ways to do this um a lot of people i think This is not something they even think about until they're like working with a therapist or a counselor, because Mm. that's often the primary job of a therapist or counselor is to reflect and be this outside observer who is showing the couple or whoever is there in the session. These are the things that I'm observing of the ways that the two of you communicate. So often the therapist can act as the person who's bringing that meta communication analysis onto the table. So, Many different ways to do this. You don't have to necessarily do this with a therapist. Um, the first and biggest hurdle to metacommunication is, um, you know, you need to recognize that your communication isn't just something that you can take for granted. So you can't assume that just because you said something to your partner that the message that you intended is going to get across. You also can't assume that just because you heard your partner say something to you that you fully understand exactly what it is that they meant. You also can't assume that like the communication that you grew up with that was modeled Mm. for you is going to be the same communication that your partner had modeled for them. Chances are it was very different. Yes. Yes. A big one right there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's really important to just find what are the ways that you can kind of take a step back, do that analysis of like, how is it that we communicate and also incorporate some tools into your meta communication as well? Yeah. So, okay. 
first let's cover a couple different ways that we can use metacommunication to enhance our overall communication with our partners. And kind of, this is good just for ourselves to know, like, how is it that I'm reacting to the world and communicating? I want to clarify, too, that all of this stuff we're talking about in this episode is not just about with romantic partners. Mm, I do want to clarify that, that the title of this episode is not Ways to Suck Less at Communicating with Your Partner. It's communication, period. In general, yeah. I think a lot of these apply especially to our partners, where communication is often more intense and kind of more heightened and maybe more frequent. But I think a lot of this can apply uh, across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The first way that we can use metacommunication to enhance our communication is first to schedule time to talk. Now, this can be challenging because it can definitely be incredibly scary to hear your partner say those dreaded words, we need to talk, or hey, let's let's find a time to talk here. So let's kind of like maybe dive into how this can either be viewed as like a positive thing rather than a source of anxiety. For example, to me, I kind of think that if you say something a little, it, it just it, be like, hey... There are a couple things that perhaps I really want to get into with you or that I'd like to discuss at some point. Do you think that we could have a time to do that? Or even just like discuss a little bit about the thing that you're planning to talk about and maybe speak about like, hey, let's uh, let's work together to figure out the details of like when that talk is going to be and also specifically what we're going to be talking about. And then also schedule things like a radar. That's a huge one. Like, yeah. Can you explain if this is like someone's first episode? What what does that mean? Well, a radar (laughs) is a monthly. It's a thing that we have cultivated over many, many years of like figuring out like, hey, we need regular scheduled, regularly scheduled time to talk because it really takes away all of those like gotcha moments in a relationship where all of a sudden your partner does maybe say something to you like oh we need to talk or let's find time to talk it kind of can alleviate that a little bit and instead like distill those moments down into potentially like a single time or a couple times a month where you have a regularly scheduled meeting so that you can talk about maybe challenging things or triumphs that you're having in your life or in your relationship or stuff like that Mm -hmm. so that's a good way to metacommunicate it doesn't have to be that particular formula that we set up in the radar. But I think the thing is that like, if you're in the middle of an argument with someone um, where you're kind of on like autopilot communication, you know, it's like maybe your feelings have kind of like taken the wheel, essentially, like you're just Mm. kind of on autopilot (laughs) there, that it is hard to metacommunicate in those moments because it can be hard to be like, to kind of switch track essentially and be like, well, mm. well, I'm, I'm mad at you. And I'm also going to criticize the fact that like you used this phrasing when you approached me with this, I'm also going to criticize the way that you brought this up. It's like, it's probably not going to be a very productive conversation or very productive meta communication. And that's why scheduling a time yeah. to talk that's outside of the moments when you're feeling the most heated allows you to open up and to be able to examine what exactly went wrong in our communication. That's why I think like the shop thing that we came up with repair shop just a couple episodes ago. That's another good example of some meta communication because it gives you an opportunity to not only, uh, you know, you can acknowledge the content of the fight, but mostly it's about figuring out like what was the pattern of the fight or like, what were the stories that came up or like, what were the things that kind of triggered the things in the communication that triggered each of us during the fight. That's a really good example of meta communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to, uh, sorry to add on to what Emily had said about uh, scheduling time to talk about it is I find for me, it helps to emphasize just like this thing came up. Maybe I was upset about this thing. It seemed like you were upset about this thing, whatever. Let's make a time where we can come up with a solution together rather than I want to find a time where I can tell you more about how terrible you are. You know, it's like, Hey, let's work together and figure this out. Can we find a time when we can actually focus on that? Cause we have other stuff we have to do right now. Right. Like to yeah, me, I find that helpful. And to go along with both of what you said, I think it is important when coming to a person, your partner or whomever, for example, and saying like, hey, I, there are a couple things that I'd like to talk about here is to do it when you are not in a heated moment or mm-hmm. in a heated place, because that can I know for myself, like that's happened in the past in my relationships and I've like gotten 
really anxious or continue to be anxious until that moment uh, arrives mm-hmm. where we do talk about it. Yeah. So if one can come at those moments with a little bit less like intensity and just be like, hey, uh, there's some stuff clearly that we haven't quite finished or talk on or whatever. Let's schedule some time for that. But that it's not so like anxiety inducing. I think that's really great. Yeah. Okay, our next meta communication tip here is what something that we call the Triforce of Communication. So if you want to check that out in detail, we also have an episode on that. Really, like any of these things we talk about, if you want to hear more in depth about it, go to multiamory.com and just use the search box and mm. search. Uh, it the actual the search works quite well, searches across all the episodes, looks at the transcripts as well as the write-ups to find things that have those words in them. So it's it's quite effective. I definitely recommend trying it out. But the Triforce of Communication, essentially the the simplest version of it is it boils down to not assuming that you and everyone else always want the same thing when you're communicating. And so meta communicating about that. And what we mean is the way this most often comes up is whether someone wants advice or they just want support, right? Mm. If I come home from my day and I'm like, oh, this thing was really stressful. I dealt with this with my boss. And I want you to say, oh man, that sounds so tough. Like let's chill and like find a way to relax. That sucks. And instead what you do is, oh, what you should have said was this. And you need to tell your boss to do, that you need to do this thing. And like, no, they can't tell you. And like that, then I'm just getting more stressed and I think a good indicator when that sort of miscommunication is happening is if one person is giving a lot of advice in response to something and the person is kind of shooting down every piece of advice. Hmm. I've found that to be a really useful clue that I think actually this person is not looking for advice. Um, and I've actually stopped friends of mine who are having that type of huh. conversation in the middle of a conversation. And I was like, hey, guys, remember I told you about the Triforce before? I think that's happening right here that you're not quite communicating about that. And they were like, no, no, no. And I said, hold on. Just like, what are you, do you want advice or do you want, you know, sympathy and support? Uh, and she's like, I, I just want sympathy. And I was like, and what were you just giving advice? Exactly. It's right here. So that's kind of a, yeah. a clue when that's happening. <laughs> you're like, happening. now I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so moving on to the next meta communication tool that you can use. Um, I like to call this choreography. You know, like dance uh, choreography. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I also sometimes call this dominoes when I'm working with my clients. It's okay. all very fun language. Yeah. Um, Tell us about yeah. it. Uh, this is based on a technique that's used often in EFT or emotionally focused therapy. Um, but it's basically, and again, this is a good thing to do when you're not right in the middle of a fight. It's good yeah. if you're at a time that feels more neutral or you're both feeling more calm, is to sit down and basically come up with what your typical pattern is for the fight. You know, what is the fight choreography, <laughs> as oh, it okay. were? The fight choreography. You know? I, like it. I know, that's funny. Yeah, so it could be something like, okay, so the usual fight choreography, and, and it's best if the two of you, the two of you can do this separately or together, but it's important to make sure that you're only talking about your own choreography and not mm. pointing out what your partner's choreography okay, is, that's because that's probably going to generate yeah. some tension. So it could be something like where I'm like, okay, so let's say maybe the fight starts. I'm like, okay, I come into the room and I notice that like this thing that I asked you to put away hasn't been put away. And so my, my first step of choreography is... I get really tense and and cold Hmm. and I start being maybe a little bit more like clipped or curt in the way that I talk to you. Okay. Now then what's your next step? And then you might be you being my partner. Uh You'd be like, okay. So then when I notice that you're kind of like curt or cold to me, then I start getting kind of anxious and I start feeling like, ooh, maybe she's mad. Maybe I should avoid her. So then I kind of take more moves to avoid her. And then I'm like, okay, so that's your choreography. So then my choreography from there, once I see that you're kind of avoiding me, then I start to get angry, you know, and then I start to come after you and start, you know. And so it, again, like I said, it requires a time when emotions are not high right. and we're able to kind of take ownership of our own shit. Um, That's why I also call it dominoes, because sometimes it can be helpful to think of like, okay, well, what's the first domino that falls over? Maybe the first domino Mm. is that I notice this thing and then that causes this reaction to my partner. And then when I see that reaction to my partner, then it knocks over this domino on my side. Mm. Um, And you can find some really fascinating stuff just kind of following the domino pattern as well. Um, 
But yeah, it's a really, really fascinating exercise. I think especially if you're finding yourself having a similar argument over and over and over, it can be really helpful to sit down, figure out your choreography or your dominoes or kind of whatever it is that is the pattern of what tends to happen. And then once you have that information, then it's a starting point for being able to find some actionable steps to kind of disrupt that choreography or create new choreography. So I'm imagining Love that. we start fighting, we recognize that we're doing the choreography. Exactly. And we switch to the other choreography we planned, which is actual dance choreography, <laughs> where we start doing a dance. And then we that start doing a flash mob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could it. be helpful. I, I actually would not dissuade people from doing that because it's like if you can bring in some humor, right. if humor can help oh, to derail that old toxic choreography and help mm. get you into a better space, that can really help for sure. Nice. I, I was, heard a gang... No, I, I heard Genghis Khan today, and then I remembered when you two like started <laughs> Genghis Khaning, doing the choreography. That's a great song. That. Yeah, That's a great yeah like in the also. middle of something that we were all doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So let's move on to number four, uh, which is microscripts. Now I want to be so clear: talk- this is number four within number one. We're still on Correct. number one, which is meta communicating. These are just yes, tools for doing that. It's number that. four yeah. of meta communication, and this is something that we like to call microscripts, which we spoke about in our communication hacks booster pack episode, which happened quite a while ago. I think like uh, uh, probably a year ago as well. I Gosh, know, was it really that long? Least. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was over a year ago, honestly. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh my God. I could have sworn yeah. that was like three months ago. Yesterday, I know, but Jeez. it wasn't. It wasn't at all. So just a quick refresher on microscripts, and Dedeker, help me out here because yeah. I do think that you created this one, but the way that I like to describe it is that they're little like phrases or words even that couples can like create together um, in order to convey that something needs to be done or that we're like moving in a direction of something. Like I like that Dedeker had talked about her sister and her sister's husband, like coming up with listo when they're like, okay, we're ready. We're ready to like do X, Y, or Z thing. Or like, I need the trash taken out. So listo, like, are you listo right now? Are you ready to do that? Come on. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I think the primary functioning of microscripts is that it's like, if when left to your own devices, you end up in an argument, or Mm. especially if it ends up being like kind of a nothing fight, um, it's best to come up with a microscript, like give yourselves dialogue to follow so that it's like, we know what the dialogue is, we're not going to stray from it. And so it gets us through the interaction and gets us to the other side. Yeah, there's actually kind of a funny, a funny one. And often like, having a little bit of humor to it. Yes. So like theirs with listo came from saying ready and then their daughter was in Spanish class. Uh-huh. So then they were like, oh, let's use Spanish yeah. and it's listo. Um, one that has come up for us is based on a Japanese show that we watched where there's a scene where like the wife is complaining oh, about gosh. the father <laughs> not doing some work or something like that to to the daughter. And he overhears this and he's like, oh, he like gets all panicked about like, oh no, oh no, they're talking bad about me. And he says, san yarimasu, which is like, dad's going to do it. <laughs> so that's <laughs> one, that's that's one that we'll, we'll say sometimes. It's well, like, you'll oh, say it to me. I'll say that, it, That's yeah. kind of like our listo. A little is bit, where yeah. like, if I ask you to do something and like, maybe you don't feel super excited about doing it, maybe it's a chore or whatever, but right. rather than it get like you sighing or right. being passive aggressive, you're just like, um, and it is kind of this really quick codification of like you just being like, okay, yeah, great. I'm going to do it. And then me also kind of knowing like, okay, I know he's doing it and he doesn't really want to do it, but he's going to do it. And I can appreciate that. And right. so yeah, we don't have to get into the weeds around that. Um, one we shared last time, one that I share with my clients all the time is um, so I've been in a journey of healing PTSD for the past couple of years Um uh, and making great progress, by the way, for all of you who Yay. care. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good for you. That's but, awesome. But um, part of figuring out managing my PTSD symptoms, I, I kind of came up with different microscripts with both Jason with Alex, but with Jace, we kind of came up with like when I'm feeling like some triggery feelings coming up or like some weird anger feelings coming up for like no reason that seems like they're connected to the, the PTSD that I would just say hey, I'm kind of in pufferfish mode right now, or I feel like a pufferfish right now. Because that's literally physically how I'd feel, was like, I feel 
bloated and spiky <laughs> and like just want to yeah. send out this radius of like fuck you to everyone around me for no good reason um mm-hmm. and then the dialogue would go on and jace would just be like okay i'll get out the fish gloves and then that was it that was all we needed mm. to talk about i mean of course if i had something on my mind and i wanted to then i could but it was just kind of like a very triforce one kind of like hey just so you know this is the situation and jace can be like okay great message received um well i think it's also part of that one was should i get out the fish gloves to be able to handle you uh, or should i stay the fuck away <laughs> and and like just mm. being able to ask that and in a way that's not quite as charged as like do you want me to talk to you about it or do you want me to leave you or what alone do you need, or, or what do you need? Yeah. yeah that it kind of adds a little yeah. bit of lightness to the question. Yeah. It adds some levity to the whole situation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life's better with American family insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto and life. American family insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. so there are many, many, many more metacommunication techniques that you can use. These are just a few of our favorites. Let's move on to yet another way that we can suck less at communication. Yeah. Um. So on our... Last episode when we talked about this way, way, way back in the day, we <laughs> talked yeah, yeah. We talked about NBC or nonviolent communication. Now NBC has a wide variety of, I guess, opinions on it. Some people think it's great and swear by it. Some people think that it's just like not accessible enough, especially if you're feeling angry or or your emotions are activated in some way. And then there's some people who think that, like, no, this is too easily abused. And I don't know. I think that NBC can be abused just as easily as any other communication technique can be. Um, So also hashtag don't weaponize this shit. Um, So um, NBC, I tend to use in situations where I'm just not sure where to begin with expressing something or I'm not even sure what I feel about it or where just like when I don't know where to start, it's a good starting point. Um, But Jace, you, in researching NVC, you came up with something that was kind of NVC adjacent, or maybe, dare I say, an NVC (laughs) 2.0, called Clean clean Talk. Yes. Clean clean, Talk. Clean Talk. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, Yeah. So for for people who want to learn more about it, the the website shadowwork.com. Sounds foreboding. It does. And it has to do with the Jungian concept. It's like shadow puppetry. No, it's like the shadow self, like the uh, Carl Jung. Yeah, oh, okay, kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's where the name comes from, from what I can tell. Um, but anyway, under their tools, they have Clean Talk, and all the resources are are free, including like the audio lessons about how to do it and a bunch of written stuff. So if you want to check it out, uh, you can do that on your own as well. So so NVC was developed in the '60s and '70s, and then in the late '80s is when Clean Talk. It was originally called Quarter Talk it had like four quadrants to it. Um, but but huh. anyway, in the late 80s, Cliff Berry um, made that. And it's been kind of refined since then, along with Elise Berry, Alice Berry. I don't know. I'm assuming they're related, but I don't know how. Uh, but they ended up kind of um, making the CDs about it to explain how to do it and setting up some coachings and things like that. CDs, right? What are those? Yeah, I'm just laughing at <laughs> CDs in general. That's amazing. Um, so... It's very similar to NVC and that there's four steps involved in communicating there. The first two are pretty similar, but then it kind of diverges with the second two. And I feel like clean talk actually does a pretty good job of addressing or at least um, acknowledging some of the concerns that people have expressed with NVC being easy to weaponize or actually like to be coercive rather than to communicate nonviolently, it can actually be used to enact violence by coercion on someone else. Mm. So anyway, it kind of works to that. So we're going to go through the four steps and sort of compare and contrast the two. So we can kind of cover both of them and you can use what works for you. And we are going to do examples at the end. So I know some of you may learn a little bit better or understand a little bit better when we do examples. So just bear with us. Okay. So step one, um, in NVC, this is called observation and in clean talk, it's called data. But in either case, it's the same thing. It's to 
as objectively as possible, state what happened. So just what is it that happened, right? It's, um, mm-hmm. you know... We'll, we'll get that in the examples. Well, we'll do some examples, yeah. but okay. just objectively stating what happened rather than putting meaning into it. Just sort of like, what, what were the actual facts of what happened? Right, okay. So the second step is feeling, which, again, both models call this step feeling. So it's just explaining how you feel about the thing that happened. And it is in these moments, like, important to express a first-person view feeling, not, like, a hidden evaluation of the other person. Not saying, like, well, I feel like you did this thing. (laughs) But rather, I feel lonely. I feel, I felt challenged. I felt hurt. Something along those lines, not, uh, and okay, there is a difference here too. Yes, Jace. Well, so I think that's the challenge, right? It's like coming up with what's the real first person feeling. Sure. Rather than what's um, something that we'll describe as a feeling, but is actually... An accusation. Yeah. So in that example of like, I feel hurt, that one's a tough one because like if we're looking at it grammatically, I feel or hurt I means sad. that something or someone hurt, hurt me. You. And so yeah. there's like a hidden accusation in there, kind of. Again, so it kind of depends like, how it's I felt used. Sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, we can get really into the weeds on this, but but more, okay, there are differences in terms of like the forms of words that you can use. So like, for example, Jace talked to me about this yesterday, but you can have like a passive form of a word. So you can say, I feel lonely, or you can say, I feel abandoned. And abandoned, as we just said, means implies at least that somebody abandoned you because that's the passive form of the verb. So to abandon you're abandoning or abandoned is the passive form of the word. Right. But if you say like, I feel lonely, you're not saying like, I feel lonely because you made me feel lonely. Mm. It's just like, I feel lonely. Mm-hmm. So this is the feeling that is occurring here versus like, if you were to say like, I feel neglected, you neglected me, right? Mm-hmm. but, or yeah, you were showing me neglect. But if you're just like, I feel sad, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you can feel sad for a variety of reasons. It's not because I feel sad because of X, Y, or Z thing right. or because your partner did this thing. So it is like a slight distinction. But again, words are very important. And I think that even just like taking the time to find the not passive verb, but rather the feeling that is it taking ownership for yourself mm-hmm. can go a long way in these moments. Another one, like saying, I feel embarrassed, or I felt embarrassed as opposed to like, I felt humiliated. Yeah. 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 I can get really granular and really specific and almost a little bit challenging to get down to like, what's the actual core emotion, you know, separate from what anyone else did. Yeah. And I think like, like Dedeker, you've often said about NVC that it's kind of something you can do in advance for yourself to prepare to talk about something. Cause I could see how this might take a while to get to the bottom of like, what am I really feeling? And not necessarily something that you're expected to just like right in the moment, always pick the right word. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So the third step in NVC, the third step is expressing a need. So it could be something like, uh, you know, like I need to feel supported by you, or I need to know that you're there for me, or I need us to prioritize scheduling date nights, whatever it is. Okay. Mm. In clean talk, this step is pretty radically different in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Instead of expressing a need, you're expressing a judgment. Now judgment sounds like a harsh word. Um, But basically this is in response to the fact that like expressing a need can still be a way to control someone else. Right. You know, a need you could be like, I need you to uh, uh, show me all your text messages that you have with other people. Like, that's mm. a need for me. Sorry, Whoa. non-negotiable. Yikes. And it's like, like, that's a very controlling thing. But when it's expressed as, oh, this is a need, this is just what I need in a relationship, it kind of, it takes... It's like, what do you do with that? 
Yeah, it it kind of like takes the quote unquote like kind of sting out of it to make it a little bit I think harder to resist that or have boundaries around that as yeah. the person hearing that from their partner. Yeah, um, and I feel like this is the step where those accusations of NVC potentially being a way to actually yes. enact coercion on someone else yes. is comes from. In in my opinion, it's right. this step is sort of the the one. So that's why totally. in the clean talk technique, this is a judgment, or maybe you could call it evaluation, or maybe you could call it a story, like we talked about in our shop episode, going to the repair shop. So yeah, story is a nice one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So this is the step yeah. where you, you explain your assessment of the situation, being careful to use language that makes it clear that it is your own judgment and it is your own reality, as opposed to some kind of objective assessment of what happened. So the thing is that, you know, the idea is that as humans, we judge all the time. We make assessments all the time um, and it's necessary. So instead of pretending like, you know, those stories don't matter or they're totally not real or whatever, we can make it clear that they are our own judgments by specifically using language that enables you to take ownership of them. So yeah. for instance, things like, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into the examples, but it's like, for instance, so instead of expressing like, well, I, I need X, Y, and Z, your judgment or your story, your assessment may be like, well, in my opinion, this is how it felt like it went. Or mm -hmm. the story that I have in my head around it is that this is what happened or this is what the dynamic was. Or yeah. in my memory, this is what stood out to me. Or even just straight up mm -hmm. in my judgment this is what I think. So mm -hmm. again, reiterating that this isn't like a harsh statement of facts. This is kind of your own perception of the situation and being able to express that to the person that you're communicating with. Yeah. Something I really like about this um, and in like the, the article that I read about this that kind of first showed me about what clean talk was, um, was this idea. They, they used the analogy of your judgments being like a tiger and saying that rather oh. than just pretend that this tiger doesn't exist and then it might get hungry and kill you, instead it's like, let's acknowledge the tiger and let's have a nice pen for it. Let's take care of it. Let's feed it. Let's keep it safe so that we're safe from it and it's safe from us rather than just trying to pretend it doesn't exist because they're making the argument that we all judge always all the time. Like you've judged that this episode is worth continuing to listen to, <laughs> right? So they're kind of saying like, rather than pretend that we're totally objective, let's be real and just say, yeah, we have judgments and let's acknowledge them as such. All right. Um, okay. And then the last step in NVC, this is called request. So this is now you expressed what you need, which I think in that, like they are clear that it's not like I need you to do this because that's the request phase, but it's, I need to feel valued by you, for example. Um, or in clean talk, it's just a judgment about, how that situation made you feel or what that seemed like to you. And then here in NVC, you give the request, which is, and so I want you to do this with me. Um, versus in clean talk, rather than a request where all you get is a yes or no answer, instead you express what it is you want. So it's almost like what was the need step in NVC for step three is in clean talk what you do in step four which is expressing, but rather than expressing a need, you express a want. Because again, it's like, I need mm. oxygen. I want to feel close to you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of clarifying that difference a little yeah. bit. Uh, and then the idea is that rather than ending that with a, and so I want you to do this, instead it's saying, I want to feel included in your life. And then the two of you can work together on like, okay, now how, how do we get you that? Mm rather than I'm giving you a request that you kind of either have to say yes or no to, or maybe could negotiate, but instead it kind of presents the opportunity to work together to, to figure out how to get you that thing that you want, right? That thing that's important to you. So we want to go through. So we do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It just before that wanted to throw out our little caveat about either model. It's just that the fact that it is really important to know when to use either of these models and realize that you're following a formula, but just because you're doing that, it doesn't make you immune to possible manipulation, being manipulated or being the one manipulating. Mm -hmm. So this is just a really helpful tool for people. 
Uh, it can point you in the right direction of like how to speak to your partner about some of these challenging issues, especially if something volatile comes up, you find that it's happening often and you're like, hey, I want to fix the way in which I'm talking about this. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. But it's not necessarily a step-by-step guide to being a good person. <laughs> you also have to really work on like, hey, am I being coercive in these moments? And and think think about that. Think outside the box of just like, well, I went through all the steps and I said the right things. So mm-hmm. I'm great. Yeah. Go me. But rather <laughs> yeah. like, am I being coercive here? Mm, let's mm. let's think about that. Yeah. So now, I, yes, we're going to give some examples. And again, yes. I find, you know, I use NBC sometimes personally and sometimes like just by myself, like if I'm upset about something and I'll just kind of write out my own answers to like each of the steps. And then then I realize, oh, OK, so I think I just need to ask for this. And then all I can uh, then all I have to do is just like ask for her to have a conversation about that with my partner of like, hey, what do you think about this solution? And I don't even necessarily have to go through the whole thing of expressing everything. So it can be just a good clarifier. Um, So we're going to do our first example here. This is using... We just have two, right? Two examples uh, we'll go through? Yeah. Yeah. So we have two examples. And with each one, we do an NBC approach and a clean talk approach. So with example number one, um, let's say the situation being that uh, my partner and I had plans to go to dinner, but then they got too busy with work and kind of had to cancel on me or whatever, something like that. So I state my observation. So which, this is NVC. Yes. With the NVC approach, I state my observation, which is, so, you know, you said, you told me that you can't go out to dinner with me tonight because you're too busy with work. Very neutral statement, no spin on it, no nothing, you know, purely just the facts. Then I express my feeling, which is, I feel sad. I express my need because I have a need to be connected with you. And then I make my request. Would you be willing to change your schedule and work tomorrow night instead? So that's a request. Um, My partner is free to say yes or no to that. And then depending on how that goes, then we kind of go on to the next thing. So that's the NBC approach. And again, this is not necessarily like a bad approach. It's just different. Yeah. So we'll do roughly the same scenario, but with clean talk. So, okay, data instead of the observation, we're calling it data for clean talk. So when I hear you say that you can't go out to dinner with me tonight because you're too busy with work, you go on to the feeling, which is I feel sad. So that was identical to mm-hmm. That was identical, yes. And then we're going to go on to judgment which is, it seems to me that we haven't spent much time together the last two weeks and I'm sensing some distance between us. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it's personal and it's like what, you know, it's kind of like the meaning I've attached to this thing. Yeah. It's the, you know, I feel distant. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is some distance between us. So your want is I want to be close to you. And then you can even have an optional second level want, which is because I love you. Maybe like, maybe not even a second level want, but like a clarification. Yeah. It's like, this is the reason why I want to be close to you because I love you because I care about you. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that then that's the end, that it doesn't end with a like, and so can you. Do it you what you will. Yeah. Right. Instead of like, so can you reschedule your work? You know, it kind of, I like it because I think it allows the other person to be the one to like, if that's an option, they could say, Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like maybe I can reschedule my work for tomorrow or if it's Mm -hmm. not an option, you don't have to ask it and they have to go, babe, I can't like, it's my job. Or you Uh, could be like, Oh, okay. So this is about you wanting to be close to me and you feeling like there's some distance. Okay. Well, I can't reschedule my work tonight, but let's coordinate on putting some times in the calendar or putting, you know, adding some extra time to the calendar, something like that. So that we're feeling like we're getting enough time together. Right. So we're addressing the want rather than just this one specific solution. This yes or no. Yeah. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% 
off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. Okay. Example number two. So this one, in this example, um, the the person who's speaking is considering going back to work full-time after having children and is nervous that their partner might not uh, help enough with the childcare and things like that for them to do it. Okay, so here's the NVC version. Observation. When I imagine going back to work after being with the children full-time, feeling, I feel scared. Then I need, because I'm needing reassurance that the children will be well taken care of. And then the request is, therefore, uh, I would like to plan how to provide high-quality childcare while I work and how to find sufficient time to be with the children when I'm not tired. Wait, where was the request in there? Uh, it's to plan. Like, I want us to plan. Okay, so specifically, like, can you help me plan? plan to, because yeah, I just read that and I could be like, great, yeah, go plan that. <laughs> go plan it. <laughs> like, I also <laughs> think it's... it's it, <laughs> This example maybe could be enhanced by like, and I want you to do X amount of the child care. Like, can you help me plan yeah, how to yeah. provide child care or something yeah. like that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's take the same scenario with clean talk. So we start out with data. Now, okay, with both of these, I think it's interesting because it's not like an external observation. It's specifically about the thoughts that come up within you. Because both mm-hmm. of them, it's like when I imagine going back to work after being with the kids full time, you know, that right. that's the thing that sparks the feeling, which is, I feel afraid. Then the judgment. I think that I'm going to face risks both at work and at home. You know, I'm worried that at work, it's going to be hard to focus if I'm thinking about the kids or worried about the kids being cared for. And then at home, I'm worried that I might be too tired to have quality time with my children. Okay. So again, Mm. phrasing it in the fact that it's like, these are the things that I think, this is what I sense, this is what I worry about, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then ending with the want. I want to find high quality childcare and I want to plan for a time with the kids when I'm not tired. Um, And kind of, again, with the clarifier, because I want both professional fulfillment and to be a good mom. Um, Hmm. I, again, I think I would even get more specific of that. Like I want, I want us to collaborate on finding a workable solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want support in doing this and to feel like a partnership or yeah. 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 Okay. And then it can go on from there to like, how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, so definitely encourage you to give it a try, especially I think practicing on your own at first is really helpful to kind of write things out. Um, This is especially helpful if you're not quite in the heat of the moment, if you've given yourself some time, I think, to to chill a little bit and Uh then gather your thoughts and then bring this to your partner, I think is when these kind of frameworks are the most effective. Okay. Yeah. All righty. All right. On to number three. The third way to suck less at communication is to know when to halt. So this is something we, we reference. I know we reference we this so on this so often. Frequently. I mean, and pretty recently is what I meant. Yeah. So so we're not going to go into a ton of depth on this one because we have covered it a lot of other places. And I also think the concept is pretty straightforward. And basically, what this is is that. Even with the best of intentions, sometimes our emotions or even just our physical bodies can get the best of us and cause us to not behave or speak in the best, wisest way that we could. And hungry. Yeah. And so HALT is an acronym that stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And it's basically if you're any of those things and you're having a heated discussion, stop. Just, just HALT. 
Just stop having the conversation, address those things, and then come back to it. Maybe that means you're tired, you got to come back the next day. Maybe it means you're angry, you need some time to cool off. Maybe you're hungry, you just need to go get a snack, whatever it is. Um, we've also added to this, we've added some other letters. We added horny, we've added drinking slash drugs, and we've added being sick. So now it's halt. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it doesn't quite roll off the tongue as yeah. easily as the other. But. Yeah. So we usually just say halt, but that's it. It's pretty straightforward. It's like, be aware of those things and that as humans, that's important to us and we can't just like power through. And I think sometimes it's so yeah. tempting to just, no, I got to just power through and get through this, but, but it's actually more effective to not. And it's not, sometimes it's not quite as easy as just halting. Sometimes it's really helpful to have a plan in place of like, okay, now that we've halted, we got a plan. Or maybe we even have a microscript about Hmm. what happens after we halt. Do we take a break? Do we go into separate rooms? Do we uh, just do a different activity together and then revisit it? Things like that. And so we talked about that more in depth pretty recently on episode 218 that is aptly titled, I've Halted. Now what? So go check that out for a little bit more information about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go on to the next one. Number which four. Which is an interesting one. Uh, maybe y'all have heard of this little book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We did a little spin on it once called Seven Habits of Highly Effective Poly People. But that's a whole nother thing. Again, you can go check out that episode. But Dr. Stephen Covey? 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 I've always heard it said Covey. Covey? Okay. So he created this thing, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Did he create and that? Oh, yeah, it's his fifth of the seven habits. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's the and fifth. And oh boy, did this next sentence that he said in the book (laughs) kick me in the face Uh, he has this to say most people do not listen with the intent to understand they listen with the intent to reply so oh boy yeah maybe we need to read that one more time most people do not listen with the intent to understand they listen with the intent to reply so that's huge right there and I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in conversations where I completely miss what the other person is saying, or maybe I hear it, but I just am really thinking about like my retaliation or my the thing that I'm about to say that's like really good because I'm fired up and I'm angry or pissed off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even in moments where I'm not pissed off, just it's like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not actually listening to this person. I'm. Because I've got something really quippy and fun to say. So whatever. <laughs> who cares what they're saying? Uh, so this book, it's usually thought of as a business advice book. But this piece to us is really important in every aspect of our lives that involves anyone, any other person. Not mm-hmm. just your relationships, like your romantic relationships, but your relationships with anyone. And it is as I know, a lot harder to implement than it seems. But if you do seek to understand first, understand what another person is saying. It is incredible. Like the results can be hugely powerful. Can I go on a brief tangent about language? Oh, and linguistics? Yeah, Love language. So, um, I, okay. Again, with this whole thing of like listening with the intent to reply rather than the intent to understand. So I've studied Japanese for a number of years now. And Uh. my Japanese professor had this theory. I don't know if this theory holds water at all. It was just kind of his armchair psychology theory. Uh But he had this theory that he thinks that Japanese people or Japanese speakers tend to be maybe a little bit more polite or at least perceived as more polite than people who speak English. The reason for it being he thinks is because it's built into the structure of the language. In English, our verbs tend to come toward the beginning of the sentence. So I can start out a sentence with, Emily, maybe you ask me like, hey, do you think that you could do this task for me? And I can start out my sentence be like, well, I can't do that, yada, yada, yada. And now you've gotten that information already at the beginning of the sentence. So immediately, as soon as you hear the word I can't, you can already be ready to like start to reply and maybe to formulate a reason why you're going to tell me yeah, but I really need you to do this. Or, well, whatever your reasons are, it's ridiculous or whatever. Like you can already get into that mode of like, as soon as you've gotten the first two words of my sentence, 
that you can start yeah. to reply. Yeah. Versus in Japanese, a lot of the important information, including the verb, comes at the very end of the sentence. Huh. And so this is going to sound kind of weird, but in Japanese syntax, I'd be like, well, this task that you want me to do, looking at my schedule, because of these reasons, on this day, there's going to be this particular thing. And so because of that, it turns out I can do it or I can't do it. And it's like, you need to listen to everything that I have to say before I get to the end of the sentence. Now, of course, this isn't like perfect, you know, and of course, you know, it's it's quite easy even for Japanese speakers to kind of get into that mindset of wanting to reply. However, I remember that was his theory of because That's in many situations, you're forced to listen to the end of the sentence before you can actually have a reaction to what that person is saying, that maybe that makes Japanese speakers slightly better listeners. Mm. than the rest of his English yeah. speakers. Yeah. Again, I don't know, but Absolutely. I always think about that with the whole, you know, um, formulating your response before you've listened to everything the other person has had to say. Yeah. I, I want to expand on this a little too, that that this isn't just about, just about that scenario, which we all do of like, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to reply before you finish talking. It's not just that, but I think another part of the seek first to understand, then to be understood is, especially comes up when I've assumed certain things about what you value and what you think about this thing and why you might be making these decisions. I already have these assumptions about why you're doing it or why you're going to say a certain thing that you're going to say. And those things are wrong more often than they're right. Um, and we're just not aware of it because we don't take that time to figure it out. And so um, it's also partly that is it's like actually taking the time when they say it to be like, okay, is that it like to use Dedeker's example? Oh, okay. Is that because you're too busy in general or because like, you know, you don't have time this week, you'd want to do it next week. Or is this just something you don't think you'll have any time for? It's kind of that it's like, I want to really understand why you're answering this right now, like why this is what you're doing before I then try to convince you of something. It's like, cause maybe just understanding will be enough for me to go, Oh, Oh, this does line up fine actually. Or I shouldn't keep trying to convince you of this thing because there's some other reason why that's just not going to work. That in either case, just taking the time to find out is really important. Uh, yeah. So as for some practical ways on how to do this, um, there's a couple techniques. We can talk about some active listening techniques. Um, so a really common one is something that's known as reflecting, which is a technique that is going to challenge how good your ability is to listen to the person who's speaking to you. Mm. And there's a couple different ways to do reflecting. One of them is by mirroring. And that is pretty straightforward. It's, you know, listening to this person, expressing their feelings, expressing their take on the situation, and then repeating back to them exactly what they said. I think it can be helpful, again, to kind of meta-communicate here and to even be clear of like, okay, I'm going to mirror back to you what you said. Let me know if I got it right. You know, and again, it's trying just... to keep it simple, stick to the point. Um, it assures your partner that you're paying attention, you're receiving what they said. Um, it allows them to have the opportunity to correct anything that you may have misheard or misunderstood mm. as well. Yeah. Can I go on a it's quick just, rant? Yeah. I just was going to say uh, hearing mirroring and reflecting just reminds me of like acting class where you're supposed to like do like movements yeah, and then yeah. mirror your partners. And <laughs> right. I was like, ugh. <laughs> but yeah, no, but a little uh, different. Know, th it's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just want to go on a, on a little rant about this and that, that kind of going along with our caveat for everything of like, don't weaponize this shit. And like, it's important yeah. to approach it from a place of actually trying to be a better communicator and not just be more manipulative, but something, a way that I've seen this done poorly actually was at a, a talk that all three of us went to where oh, gosh. the the man leading the talk, someone from the audience would ask a question and maybe their question would be a little bit long or a little confusing. And he would go, okay, let me summarize your question. And then he would say what he thought the question was and ask that to the people on the panel. So and he, he wouldn't actually mirror back to them. It wasn't, no, tell me, did just, I get that right? It's right. just, I'm going to... Oh, this was the question. And yeah. then people yes. would be like, actually, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, well, then it was this, but it still wasn't the right one. Right. Yeah. So again, not coming at it Eek. with that intention of like to understand rather than to explain yeah. to you what you're asking or what you think. 
So no, it's just, just important. To be arrogant. Yes, truly arrogant. Uh, just something to point yeah. out. Um, and then, okay, so that one mirroring that Dedeker just explained is trying your best to verbatim, like exactly the same words that they used, say it back to them to kind of get that clarification of like, is this, is this what you said? Um, and then the other one is paraphrasing. So same idea, but this time you're intentionally choosing your own words to explain it. And again, this, this one's more about now, did I get that nuance right? I think this was one where you're more likely right. to screw it up. And I think, yeah, you're more likely to screw it up because I think instead of using your own words to paraphrase what you heard your partner say, it can quickly turn into using your own interpretation when mm. you paraphrase it back, you know, so you can be like, okay, so what you're saying is that you think that I'm a shithead is the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> no, totally. Like, sorry, that yeah. was just what came to mind. Um, no. Yeah, you know, and you're right. like, no, that's not what I said, you know, so, so yeah. it can very easily turn into just kind of throwing back your own interpretation mm -hmm. of things back at your partner, which is different. But I actually think this is why I like paraphrasing better than mirroring. Because in mirroring, I might say back to you the exact same words you used, but those mean something different to right. me than they do to you. Mm. Whereas if I paraphrase it back to you saying, so are you saying that, that this is how you feel? And I do my best to explain it back using my own words. It gives them the opportunity to go, uh, no, not quite. yeah, for this part, but I didn't mean it this way. It was this other way. Again, like the intent being to understand rather than the intent being like Dedeker was saying to just like throw it in your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, oh, it, well, I hear you say that you actually think that I'm kind of a bitch or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, this is another one to, to cue it up ahead of time to be clear of like, okay, I'm going to paraphrase back to you what I think that I'm hearing. Let me know if this is correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. and do your That's darndest great. to be cool about it. <laughs> yeah. So with all of these things, something to really keep in mind and something I think for life in general is to come at all of this with curiosity and with intention and conviction, as my mother would say. <laughs> uh, and all of those things just to, to sort of focus on understanding others as well as possible because it can kind of bleed into other areas of your life. It can be powerful for all areas of your life. Just if you have this curiosity and this want and this need to, you know, learn more about life and learn more about the people around you and not just like focus so inward. That, that's always a great thing for everyone. So Dale Carnegie, he has this quote about the beauty of curiosity and how it kind of makes you irresistible to everyone around you. So the quote is, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Whew, that's good. Yeah. I like it. Lots of gems on this one, Jace. Good job. <laughs> so the last thing to help you suck less at communication is to seek an outside perspective. Um, if you're experiencing frustration, if you're experiencing constant communication breakdowns, there's really only so much that you can do or that your partner can do to figure it out. You know, we tend to put a lot of expectations on our romantic partners in general to play all these different roles of being your sex partner, your therapist, your best friend, your personal trainer, your workout buddy, all these things. And so give your partner a break, a seek some perspective from someone outside of the situation who can either comment on the situation itself and help you come to some solutions or help you observe what are kind of the communication dynamics that are happening here, you know, and give you a little bit of perspective on that. This can be a therapist, this can be a counselor, this could be group therapy, this could be a really helpful online community like our patron community, ah. could be a best friend, could be a polyamory discussion group or a processing group. It could be so many different outlets, but find a way to just get an outside perspective on things. Mm-hmm. All right. So in our bonus, we have a bonus sixth secret for sucking less at communication. Uh, for our patrons, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, some philosophy, some Plato and Socrates a little bit in that. Mm. If you want to check that out, you can get access by going to patreon.com slash multiamory and becoming one of our $7 or higher patrons there. So we would love to hear from all of you 
what are your thoughts about this? Are any of these tools new to you? Are these things you've used before? Which ones have been the most effective in your life and which ones are you most excited to try? Or which ones have been the hardest for you to implement? The best place for you to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you could share publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com or leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-05 or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlack, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowark and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anan from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.